Okay. So the scripture um, tonight is Romans 8, 18 through 27. So, um, last time that I spoke, I talked about the pursuit and how the end goal motivates us. And I talked about how very, how the present compares very little to the future that is promised to us. Um, however, as much as we look forward to the future, we still have to live in the present. So, sometimes our present looks so great that we forget what lies ahead. We become a David in the shadow of Goliath, trembling, barely able to breathe a prayer. And we may trust that God will deliver us, but we have a hard time believing it because the shadow is so large and threatening to swallow us up. So, life is hard. It is full of trials and suffering, and sometimes they don't make sense. It is easy to give up, it's a lot easier than continuing to push and pursue the goal. However, because we are children of God, we are given a hope that, we can, that can help us push through. And Paul gives us such an example in Romans 8, 18 through 27. And this is, so Romans 8, 18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with this glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with the eager longing for the re revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Um, so a little context on that passage. Um, from so Romans is a very long book. And from chapter 5 of the book, Roman, Paul has been pounding out an argument. Um, and in chapter 8, verses 1 through 17 are the climax of that argument, which ends on the high verse. And if children, then hairs, then and hairs of God, joint hairs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. Which basically says we are children of God. 
We are brothers and sisters with Christ. And how does one get over the joy of that statement? And I, I can't. But going back to David and Goliath, it can be pretty easy when we don't see a way out of the trouble we're in. We can lose sight of the hope we have in the future. Paul is trying to help the Romans understand that compared to the future glory, the present suffering is but a vapor. Um, this helps us get through the groaning that the passage talks about. So first, um, in verses 19 through 22, we see that creation groans. It says, um, for creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For creation was subjected to fertility, not of its own will, but by the will of those who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be set free. Um, and skipping to verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. Um, maybe we humans tend to be a little self-centered when we go back, um, when we talk about our suffering and sin. But if we go back to the creation story, we know that when humans fell, creation fell as well. Um, because of humanity's sin, the ground was cursed, thorns came upon the earth, and the harmony and beauty, the splendor of God's good creation was tarnished. However, creation has not lost hope. Um, in verse 19, Paul speaks of the children of God being revealed. Uh, He's speaking of um, how God will claim us as his own um, in the final days. Um, there are two types of adoption um, in Romans, Roman times, which Paul is speaking of. One is when you're adopted by family. The other is when it's like a debutante who's being presented to society as a hare. And this is, first, Paul speaks of being children of God, being adopted right now in the present as changing families. We are now in God's family. But the final adoption, which he speaks of being when we are revealed as children of God, is at the end when God says, these are my children, and presents them to creation. So the final rev revelation will also encompass the transformation of the corrupted, groaning creation, which waits with eager longing for the revealing. Creation is an audience waiting on the edge of its seat to see who will participate in the final curtain call of an ongoing drama of human salvation. Um. which brings us to our participants in God's drama, humanity. The fate of the rest of the human order is bound up in the fate of humanity. Um, and continuing, verse, um, continuing from verse 22, verse 23 says, And not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, 
the redemption of our bodies. In verse 24, Paul continues by saying that we have hope, um, saying that in hope we are saved, which goes back to the uh, adoption thing again. It's, it's odd that Paul would say that we are saved. He usually says we will be saved or salvation is coming at the end of the age. Um, but here he says we are saved. Um, in our present age, which goes back to the adoption, explaining that we are now part of God's family. He continues in the the verse by explaining that if one can see hope, it is not really hope. No one can hope for things that are already seen. Um, But he says in verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And Christian hope is not like wishful thinking. It's not like the Christmas, it's not like at Christmas where a child sits on Santa's knee and hopes for a pony. It is so much more than that. It is the confident expectation based on Christ's resurrection. Um, Based on God's faithfulness and based in our belief that when all is said and done, we will be revealed as children of God. Um, Paul speaks of it already pledged through the Spirit. Um, and which is really important because our Christian experience has three dimensions, past, present, and future. Our salvation is laid on the foundation of Christ, which is the past. Paul is pointing out in this passage that our lives in the present, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, that it is that we expectantly hope for the full redemption of the future. And the future is we expectantly hope for the, the redemption in the future. Um, So even though we have troubles now, we should continually look to the future because we have confident hope in the fact that someday we will be set free from our sins and limitations. Um, But what keeps us going? Again, going back to David and Goliath, what keeps us from faltering when we see a giant? In verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Um, The Greek word used here for sigh, or sighs, is also translated groans. Um, So the Holy Spirit groans for us. Creation groans for us. We groan, and the Holy Spirit groans as well. There are two things to pay attention to here first. First, the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. It is through the Spirit that we are able to do anything. So we can take comfort in the knowledge that we are not going it alone. Secondly, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Even when we do not know what to say, the Holy Holy Spirit intercedes for us. There are moments of pain in this life where no words can be expressed. There is nothing that can be said. 
But we know that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us even when we do not have the words. Which helps us in our, in our trouble to see beyond a little bit. So we know why we have hope, but sometimes life is just too much. Sometimes we cannot see the future because of this life. It's like a person stuck in a valley. They can only see what's in front of them. The rest of the horizon is blocked by hills. Sometimes we need to get to a mountaintop to see the future God has planned for us. But oftentimes we can't get to that mountaintop alone. We need the Holy Spirit to help us with our weaknesses. Um, So what does this say to us in our present? Well, first we need to understand that it's natural to have pain and suffering. Groaning is natural. Life hurts. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. And secondly, we must not give up. Um, There's a classic story, don't know if you probably all know it, about Pandora's box. Um, where Pandora, it's a Greek myth, where Pandora is the first woman on the world and she's given a box and she's told never to open it. But curiosity gets the better of her and she opens it and releases all the trouble on the world. But the story doesn't end there. Which... um, And the last line of the story is, and all that was at the bottom of the box was hope. The thing that sustains creation and other human beings is hope. So while we may be stuck in Goliath's shadow, and he is awfully large, um, we can remember that we can hope because, because creation is hoping for us. Other Christians are hoping for us, and the Holy Spirit is hoping for us as well. So, would someone like to pray? I don't want to.